Hello, my name is Ben Oden. I am an author, capacity building and leadership development trainer. Each week, Mimi, pamoja na viongozi mbalimbali who will be featured on this podcast, will bring you leadership principles, stories and philosophies that if applied will elevate you into a position of more influence among those you lead and those who lead you. Hello to you uh, and welcome to another episode of the Why Lead Others podcast. I am your host, Ben Oden. Uh, now, for those of you who are joining us for the very first time, Why Lead Others podcast is brought to you by Why Lead Consultancy. Uh, and uh, this is a podcast that's aiming at uh, challenging a leader's thinking so as to improve uh, their approach and their thought process. Now, who is a leader? Now, we define a leader as anyone who influences another person to achieve a goal. So, you know, you don't need to have the title, but as long as you have influence over somebody else uh, in their act of achieving something, you are defined as a leader according to the Wild Lead Others podcast. Now, today, uh, we'll be talking about uh, the cost of ignoring the development of your people. And the question we're asking is, what happens when we stop developing our teams? Now, today's guest uh, is a learning and development trainer. He's a team builder. Uh, he's a business consultant. Uh, on his website, he says uh, he is committed to support teams improve and hone skills necessary for everyday personal and professional productivity. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Christopher Rechungura. Christopher, karibu sana, bro. Asante sana. Thanks for uh, having me. Karibu sana, I say. Now, Chris, uh, you say that you are an avid reader of leadership, business, personal development, and management books. Um, and of course, you say in your free time, you like to do long distance running, cycling, and aspiring you are also say you're an aspiring swimmer. So to hapa kwenye avid reading hapa. Um JFK said leadership and learning uh, are indispensable to each other. Um do you agree with this statement? I do 100%. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, uh basically as a, as a leader, you know, you you've actually defined leadership. Uh what exactly did you say in the very beginning you say how you define leadership because that's where the the learning bit falls uh-huh. in. A leader is anyone who influences someone else to achieve a goal. Very good. So, so if you're influencing people to achieve goals, you need to be learning. Mm. Otherwise, at some point, your influence can lead people either astray or in directions that doesn't really help them, right? Mm. Um, and I think that's part of the challenge we have today. Um, if you have leaders who are not developing themselves, who are not learning uh, different ways as the world is evolving, Mm. Um, you will have leaders who are using titles mm. to push rather than, uh, you know, proper influence to actually help people. You mm. know, so I think learning is indispensable when you can't, when you, you know, when you think of someone like a leader. Now, when you Instagram page, yako, when a video module you talk about, I think, I think a while ago, um, where you talk about consistency. Yeah. Um, and I guess how important consistency is uh, to a leader. Can you talk a bit about you know, the role of consistency? Um yeah, I mean, so a leader, one of the one of the very basic purpose purposes of a leader is to create a sense of stability, mm. right? Um, you know, especially if we just look very recently uh, with what we've gone through in the season of COVID. So, mm. um, COVID brought a lot of uncertainty to a lot of people, uh, challenges, fear. Uh, stress in different levels. Uh, some companies had to shut down and everything. 
you know, so in a time like that, uh, as a leader, you need to bring a sense of stability, right? Consistency is key when you talk about stability, right? So if you say we're doing something, right, as a leader, and, the, and you set maybe a rule or, or a policy in a, in, in a workplace, um, and then the next day you change it, and the other day you change it, and the other day you change it, it takes away from that stability that people mm. sense, you know, so people don't really believe what you're saying. So at the end of the day, Atacama, Skunyingina, you will say we're doing something. People don't take your word seriously because mm. you lack consistency, right? So consistency is actually central when it comes to leadership uh, because just the sense of stability and people want to have that when they come to work or whether, you know, whether it's work or in relationships or anything, you know, it gives people that, you know, sense of security and, and stability. So I think consistency is necessary. And do you think consistency is like an inborn trait or is it something that's developed over time? <laughs> wow. Um, so I'm one of those people who don't believe, um, there's a lot of things you're born with. Mm. Um, I think when, a, when a child is born, um, I know there's some DNA traits, you know, I mean, LeBron James was born to be tall mm. and big, right? His body build was, his That's it's, genetic, it's, it's yeah. genetic, right? Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of behavioral and habitual issues that we have that are not born with. They're learned. They're learned, you know, so how you were brought up. Um, the values in your household, in your family, your mom, what they what taught you, you know, this, what you're exposed to, all those things. Mm-hmm. That's what forms, you know, things like consistency. Um, I don't think anyone is born consistent. I mean, so it's something that you thing. learn over time. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think in my own experience at Nigeria, and I guess the knowledge that I have, um, consistency is a real problem for a lot of people. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, I believe that consistency is what uh, makes you feel reliable to the people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're consistent, I can, like you said, I can take your word for it. Yeah. Um, I can trust you. I can come and see now, how you will react to TV, how you react to Fauti, you've taken this path tomorrow. It's very hard to trust you. Of course, loyalty and trust, uh, I believe they're all a product of consistency. When yeah. someone is consistent, it's very easy to be loyal to them or to trust them. Yeah. And of course, we talk about loyalty and trust um, or you know, reliability. Those are crucial elements um, when it comes to influence. When you talk mm-hmm. about influence, they have to trust you. Yeah. For the, for actually, for them to even allow you to influence them, they have to, on a certain sense of loyalty that has to be there for them to follow you. Um, and you have to be reliable. I'm going to follow your leadership. But you, of course, consistency is also a very crucial role in someone's development uh in their leadership role. But here, when we talk about that, so we see, okay, you believe Kobana, your consistency um, being, of course, an element of leadership is developed. Mm-hmm. And um, since you more you lean more towards believing Kobana, your people are developed rather than born. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing other aspects of leadership, Ziko develop rather than uh, inborn qualities. Things yeah. like communication, and you are, uh, so people talk about emotional intelligence, um, all these things, do you believe they are developed or do you believe they are inborn? I think I think they're developed, they're right? Developed. Um, so I know uh, there's several studies that have been done to show this, that, uh, you know, you, you said something like emotional intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very good one that you mentioned. So emotional intelligence, uh, uh, the, the other side of it is the, the intellectual quotient, which is IQ, mm-hmm. right? Um, IQ is born with, mm-hmm. right? Based on your parents' genetics, you know, you can be born a genius. Mm. 
being a genius has absolutely nothing to do with leadership, mm. right? Emotional intelligence has everything to do with leadership. Mm. And emotional intelligence is not born with, mm. you know, because it's, it's, you know, how you react to your environment, how you, uh, self-awareness and things like that. No one is born self-aware. I mean, there's absolutely not, nothing like that. Mm. So I, I think a lot of attributes of leadership are trained or mm. developed over mm. time. Um, how that comes about is different for different people. Some some people go to class and get it. Mm. Some people get it, you know, outside in the streets, mm-hmm. you know, but no one is born with attributes of leadership. Mm. IQ, on the other hand, you can be born with. And in fact, you can't increase your IQ. You know, that doesn't exist as well. Yeah, but you can increase your emotional intelligence. You can increase your emotional yeah. intelligence. You know, that's the difference. IQ does not change. EQ changes, changes mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, so, of course, now coming back to, I guess, a uh, topic of conversation, we both work in the learning and development uh, sector, and we joke around sometimes. We hear this from the HRs that we normally talk to uh, when you're trying to pitch for a job. And when people uh, are experiencing any financial uh, turmoil, mm-hmm. the first area to cut your budget and your spending is the area of learning and development. Um, so, on one hand, People grow, uh, people when you are developed through learning. They're not mm-hmm. born a certain way. On the other hand, to Kipata Changamoto, when we really need people to step up, the first area that we cut spending in the area of learning and development, why do you think, how do, how, what do you think, how, how do you think people reconcile the two? So, so there, man, there's, there's several issues there, yeah. right? First of all, you have to understand we are not the, the most rational generation, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you're right. The first area people cut is learning and development. Um, you'll be surprised to know what the second area is. Mm. The second area people cut is marketing. Mm. Right. And you would wonder if we don't market, how are we going to sell? How are we going to sell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's, it's, we're not the most rational people in terms of decision-making. Mm. Uh, we live in a generation where, uh, performance is measured in very short terms, mm. you know, so you go to a for-profit organization, especially performance is measured on a quarterly basis. So you either make a profit this quarter or you go home, mm. right? And because of that, leaders or rather managers of those areas are under so much pressure. Mm. So the the reaction of cutting those areas is so that we can save a little bit of a buck so that we can meet our quarterly targets. targets. Mm. So it's not about, do we want to be here in the next 10 years? Mm. Right. I mean, there are many companies that make profit for four quarters and die the fifth quarter, Mm. right? Because they did not make decisions to make them still there 10, 20 years down the line. So they operate in sprints rather than a marathon. Yes. They're operating in sprints rather than marathon. That's a a great analogy. Right. And so I think that's the biggest problem, you know, uh, that we're making decisions based on very short term uh, uh, view, but if we have a long-term view and want to uh, outlive our generation, our companies to outlive our generation, we'll have to rethink the model, mm. right? So, in times of turmoil, we should increase training mm. because trained people can overcome those challenges, mm. right? Imagine being stuck in a company with untrained people during a crisis. <laughs> yeah, that's a nightmare. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So, I think it's just uh, the issue of. Uh, and and honestly, uh, having worked in in you know in the corporate uh, world myself, I I I kind of uh, empathize with people who make those decisions because the decisions are pushed by the that uh, sense of um, a corporation exists to make profit for the shareholders. Mm. 
right? So the shareholders are pushing for profitability, mm. quick profitability right now, right? And so decisions that are being made are made based on profitability right now, right? Rarely do shareholders think about, I want my company to be here 100 years from today. Mm. When we start thinking that way, uh, not even 100, 10 years from today, when we start thinking that way, we'll make decisions a little bit different. Mm. I, I, I like that. And I, and I think it's, it's, it's very interesting um, what you just said. Uh, so in fact, there's a guest that we'll have soon on the podcast um, who's, uh, who works in you know, the area of psychology and having you know, conversations with different leaders in this time of uh, work, people who are working from home, you know, social distancing, uh, mental health has become a problem for a lot of people. Mm. Um, and so the conversation now becomes, should you know, mental health become an ex- co- a company expense? You're struggling mentally because of you're isolated and you're working from home, not necessarily having that human connection. You'll sort yourself out as long as you get the job done. But of course, someone's mental health is affecting there. So now I think people are sort of forced to rethink um, what's an expense that's a priority to the company. So if you come mental health, now suddenly do you have an in-house counsel? So I think... This even this um, crisis is really forcing many of us to rethink our approach um, in how we run our organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but but I like what you said there. You know, if somebody is is thinking long term, then learning and development uh, will be you know a paramount expense in, within the organization. Like in the you know, the next three months in there, commit your quarterly targets. Then of course it's an expense that you can afford to mm-hmm. um, you know uh, cut. Sasa, what do you think happens when companies? refuse to develop their people. Because um, I think there's a quote, I've, I've heard you say it, I don't know who you quote it, or if it, if it came directly from you, where you say, uh, don't ask yourself what happens um, if I don't train my oh, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you uh, speak on that? Sure, yeah. I will not take credit for that. Uh, that is not my quote. Um, that is something called the corporate dilemma, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where the, there's a conversation between the CFO and the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. The CFO is worried so much about costs and ask the CEO, hey, why should we train these people? What will happen if we train them and they leave? Mm-hmm. And the CEO says, what happens if we train them, if we don't train them and they stay? Mm-hmm. Right? So the question is, and that's what the dilemma, would you rather have a, a bunch of people undeveloped, stuck in the company, or take a risk and develop them, and maybe they might leave. But what if they don't leave? Mm-hmm. Right? And, 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 Another thing I think we're going to, uh, we, we're beginning to realize in our generation is um, development is a key uh, requirement, especially for the millennial generation, right? Mm. And so if you develop people, you also increase your retention rates. Mm. So there is more likeliness that they will stay because they're being developed. Mm. On the other hand, if they're not developed and they feel that they're not as competitive outside, they may stay because they have nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. Which, they don't stand a chance out there. They don't stand a chance out there, right? And, and which is part of the reason they're demanding that they developed, right? So it's a retention scheme, but also if you don't do it, you're going to be stuck with people who are not developed mm-hmm. and they don't produce, you know? So I think to answer your question, um, I kind of uh, diverted there a little bit, but to answer your question, what happens when you don't develop is simply, you know, stagnancy, mm-hmm. right? The world is moving so fast. I think our generation since 19, uh, uh, in the last 40 years, mm. right, 1980 to ni- 2020, we have never seen development in terms of, uh, I mean, like technological development, you know, changes uh, around all over the world, globally, in business world, in IT, in science, 
the speed at which things are moving have never been seen before. The mm. rate at which things are moving, right? So if you're stuck with people who are not developed, you are simply going to be outcompeted mm. by your competitors. That's just what it is. So you will save money in the short term and mm. make your, your, you know, your quarter numbers. But in the long run, in the, not even in the long run, in the medium term, you know, within five years, you'll be out of the market. Mm. You can't compete. Yeah, and, and I think um, it was the CEO of Cisco, um, forgot his name, who said, you know, um, 40% of the companies um, that are in operations today uh, will be extinct in the next 10 years. Like you're saying, because of the rate of changing and you know, the world is constantly changing. Yeah. But when people decide to, you know, hold on to the ideas that they have learned in the past, then when that change happens, I mean, change will always win, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll be left behind. Now, yeah. there's a... Um, a survey conducted by PwC, yeah. um, where they asked millennials, like you, you know, to just I guess add on to what you said, which of the following characteristics make an organization compelling to work for? Um, and thirty-five percent of them said um, excellent training and development programs. So you you see this um, shift where you know the millennial generation, and I'm guessing the generation after the generation Z, mm. um, development is very important for them. And of course, being in a country where over 70% of the population are millennials mm. and Generation Z, so which means, you know, in the next five, 10 years, uh, the majority of the working force will be this generation. Mm. Um, what do you tell the leader who's, you know, in charge of making this decision? What, what should they do to prepare for that? Because, of course, in the next five, 10 years, the majority of the workforce will be millennials who, uh, to them, learning and development um, and training is very important. Mm. So how do people prepare, you know, to accommodate this generation? Well, I, I think, I feel like you've kind of answered that question, yeah. you know, uh, it's, for me, it's almost a no-brainer, mm. you know, there is no way around it. Start developing your people, mm. right? Um, I think the, the, the bigger question there is now the fear of the cost, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, uh, and because we live in, in a world that is changing so fast and technology is growing so fast, even tools of development are becoming cheaper and cheaper, mm. right? Today, uh, you know, you do not need to spend a lot of money, right? We have a lot of online resources. Some of them are free. You know, it's just a matter of making a policy that, hey, we want to make develop developing people a priority, right? Mm. And beyond that, uh, I think as a leader, preparing for that time, you know, as change comes, you need to make this, central part of your organization. So just the same way you're measuring performance and say, mm -hmm. hey, I'm going to measure you by your profitability. You, you should measure people by their development and growth year on year, mm -hmm. right? So actually put them part of your KPIs, your key performance indicators uh, for your employees. Training or learning or development has to be there because if you don't measure it, no one cares. Mm -hmm. If you don't measure it, no, no one cares. And so if you want to be sustainable, you know, stay long in the market and be competitive. Not only should you begin developing program, programs in your organization, but you should also measure them and capture them as part of their KPIs. Yeah, and, and I like what you just said because um, I remember a mutual friend of ours, uh, Mr. Aiden Ayakuze, uh, I, I was having a conversation with him. And of course, this whole uh, uh, dilemma or rather uh, this question, this nagging question within yeah. the training world of, you know, return on investment where it's a question that many of us have failed to answer. Um, well, okay, so what's the how do you measure the return on investment 
uh, as far as training is concerned. Of course, his response was, well, how do you measure a mistake avoided? Um, but of course, many <laughs> leaders don't necessarily think that way. So for someone who's very pragmatic in their thinking um, and they're saying, okay, how the reason we, you know, it's easy to cut this uh, cost is because it's hard to measure um, its effectiveness. Okay, we spent a certain amount of money. Mm. How do we measure that that's come back to the company? Um, and of course, you have one group who says, you know, it, you invest money, but then you barely see changed behavior mm. in your people. Um, so what's the problem there? Is it the content? Is it the trainer? Is it our people? Um, if it's our people, is it in a hiring mistake? So, of course, it's a very complicated mm. um, issue. Extremely um, so. Yeah, but, but I think on a basic level, how can one measure the return on investment? Or is that even the right question to ask in the first place? Um, so at, at, at a simplistic level, mm. there already is studies that show the return on investment when it comes to training, mm. right? Uh, so I would say leaders start there, right? And, and check out. So for instance, I'll give you a very good example. Um, when you tell people that two out of three smokers will have lung cancer, mm. they don't say, well, I'm going to smoke because I can't measure that. Mm. And I'll figure it out later, right? You don't yeah. do that. But we make decisions based on that stat in itself because someone else has already measured it. Measuring learning and development is actually quite expensive, right? Mm. Because you have to start with an individual. Let's say we take uh, a, a certain person, uh, Mr. Joe, mm. right? We, we take Joe and make, make a base uh, status. Where is Joe today, yeah. right? On a specific area mm -hmm. and then start developing him and start measuring as it goes, right? And so if you look at a bigger company where you have 100 Joes mm. doing different things, it gets a little bit complicated and, and, a, and a bit expensive. But luckily, there are many companies all over the world that have already done that for us. So we actually have studies that prove mm. learning or developing people has positive consequences to the company. One study actually stated that uh, companies that have a comprehensive training program perform up to 25% better in mm. profitability than those that don't. Mm. Right? These are studies that have been done mm. and it took years of, of, of data and stats to make those conclusions, right? These are conclusions that have been tested and all that. So I think as leaders, we need to sometimes look at these studies and take them on face value and adopt and use those to make decisions. Rather right? than to sit around and wait. And I wait for us, you know, how do I, you know. Um, and then, because if eventually sometimes, yeah, I think something else that you said is that what if I train someone and I don't see behavioral change and all that? You know, again, it, it goes back to that dilemma. What if you don't train them? And they stay you behind. Know, and they stay behind, right? So that's, that's ultimately the issue. But remember, I think one thing we do wrong with training is we, it's more like a, like a knee-jerk reaction, right? Mm. Uh, we train so that we can see something tomorrow, mm. right? Again, we're talking about short-term sightedness, that, you know, that myopic view, you know? So we want to see returns tomorrow and it doesn't work that way. Mm. You know, it doesn't work. I mean, if you're doing product training, that's fine. You tell someone, okay, I'm going to train you how, what this product does, go and sell it. That's different from training someone on, 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 you know, development skills that make him think better, have empathy, deal with customers in a more, you know, personal level. It takes time for mm. them to start portraying those skills into the workplace and those skills to start developing and translate into money. Mm. I like yeah. um, Motorola. I think um, it's one of my favorite um studies that they did. Um, and then, of course, they finalized by saying that for every dollar we spend on staff training programs, uh, we gained 30% in productivity. And that That's was good. just within three years. Of course, this was a three-year 
you know, research that was done, um, for every dollar they spent, they gained 30% in productivity. And I like what you said that when measuring the effectiveness of training, we shouldn't necessarily just look within our own organizations, uh, but we should look at, you know, all the other studies that have done. And that, and of course, all these studies are indicative in, in, in terms of, they indicate that there is value in actually developing your people. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, I think for those who, you know, they spend money um, to develop their people and then nothing really happens. Sometimes it could simply be a hiring mistake. You know, you hire yeah. somebody who is uh, not interested in growth. Um, you know, they're not maybe in the right field. So the passion is not there. The commitment is not there. So there could be other issues around it. But I think yeah. um, just because it's not working out for you, it doesn't necessarily mean uh, it's not working out in general. Yeah. It just means there could be other issues that are maybe uh, prohibiting the growth within your team or your people, um, you know, that you're developing. Yeah. Now, for someone who's working in a space where, of course, you know, there has to be like systemic change for them to even get to a space where they're developing their people. And so they are forced to take matters into their own hands. So, you know, their growth should be their own concern because they know that my employer is not going to invest in my growth. Yeah. For that person, what can they do um, to develop and grow as a leader? So... Uh, I usually tell people to be very assertive. Um, so obviously there is, you know, that challenge where you work in an environment where there's no training programs mm. and uh, you don't see any anything coming up any, anytime soon, right? Mm. One of the first things you can do is actually go to employer and ask them. Mm. You're going to say, hey, um, I feel like I need to grow in a specific area and, you know, is there something that we can do? Chances are they'll say, well, we don't have a training program. We don't have enough people. We don't have the money right now. Right. The next step I would do is to actually look out and see what opportunities there are for training. Mm. Right. There's different opportunities online or even, you know, right here in Dar es Salaam, there's different trainers doing training uh, where you can go and, and, and pay, you know, as an individual to go. Right. Go back to your employer and say, hey, I found this training for sales development. I think it would be really good for me to participate. I think it would help to fill some of the gaps that I have. And it's only this much. Any employer who's who thinks mm. uh, rationally, rationally yeah. reasonable employer would would see value in this employee desiring to grow because you're the ultimate beneficiary of that training, right? Benefactor. Mm. So, I think that was that's one way to do it, right? If you have really an employer who's just doesn't think reasonably, reasonably and doesn't want to invest in that, you know, there is a lot of online resources that are free mm. that you can access you know i've done a lot of training uh, a lot of self-development on things like you know cosera mm. uh which udemy, you know think, udemy yeah, yeah. Uh, there's quite a few right you can do all of those um but in the meantime i think uh and this is it took i don't need to say this i think it happens naturally anyone who takes development seriously in, seriously they will not stay too long with that employer mm. they are already looking mm. so I think this is a message to the employer. Uh, if they're listening, if you're not developing your people, they're looking. They're right? looking so somewhere else. They're looking yeah. somewhere else, you know. So, so they're working with their CV right and now. if they're not, you've got a bigger problem because you have someone who's not interested in development exactly. and he's staying behind with, exactly. with your company. Exactly. You know, so they're working with their CV right now on your, you know, on your own working time yeah. too. So you're paying them for them to, you know, brush their CV so they can go somewhere else. You know, so you better, you know, pick, pick yourself up. And do something about, you know, the development. Now, of yeah. course, we sometimes joke around. Uh, we talk about, you know, how I remember there was a time you were doing a workshop on the area of personal finance. And, you know, you were charging a certain amount uh, for the workshop. 
And uh, I think at one point you had put up a post saying um, you could literally spend the same amount of money going out on a weekend. Yeah. You know, if it's either somebody who's going out on a Friday night uh, or somebody who's going on a date, um, you can spend the same amount of money. Um, only when you spend it on this particular workshop, the value um, that's going to be added onto your life is far greater um, than, you know, just going out and just, you know, buying dinner or lunch yeah. uh, with your friend or your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend. Um, so clearly, of course, we also as, as people, just I think just generally, for you know, putting the institution aside, just as people, sometimes we are not as serious about our own development. Yeah. Like you're saying, the person who's going to go to the employer and say, hey, I found this thing. This is somebody who who's already taking this uh, growth and development very seriously. Yeah. Um, and I don't think many of us are at that space. Mm. Um, and people who think that way, of course, you see even in their career, they, you know, their growth, um, they don't stay with companies way too long. Mm. And even if they stay there, they're constantly climbing up the, the, the ladder. They're constantly uh, growing. Um, so, And people always make excuses, you know, but not too expensive lakini kuchanga kwenye harusi of course is always easier yeah. um, than to spend in you know investing <laughs> your own true. uh growth um so to this person what do you have to say and by literally they're making excuses as to why they shouldn't spend um you know investing their own development well so man the, the interesting thing about these things is uh is it's, it's just a matter of time before they find out mm. right it's just a matter of time before they find out the real cost Mm. of making excuses, mm-hmm. right? Because you say to yourself that, um, who are you quoting the CEO of which company you just quoted earlier? Cisco. Yeah, who say that some of the, these companies will you know, will no longer be 40% here. 40% of the companies that are in operation right now in the next 10 years, they'll be kaput. Yeah, yeah. That's because they're not developing their people, right? Mm. Because if you don't develop your people, you don't, you're not constantly thinking about what's the next thing, mm. right? I'm looking at companies like, uh, uh, a good example is Amazon because it's a giant. We all know Amazon, mm. right? If you look at Amazon portfolio, people think Amazon is just uh, an e-commerce. You know, an, an e-commerce. Yeah. Amazon is out there buying. It just bought uh, last year. Amazon bought a company called Zooks, mm-hmm. right? Which is uh, an electric vehicle mm-hmm. that's going to be competing against things like Uber and Lyft, mm-hmm. right? I think is, is that the self-driving it's self-driving cars. car, yeah. right? So what's an e-commerce doing, doing self-driving? self-driving? I mean, what what are they doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Amazon is now investing in satellites and things like that, right? Because they know that there is no such thing as endless competitive advantage. No. And so you have to keep reinventing yourself, right? And so if you don't train, if you don't develop, you won't think that way because you'll be stuck in your ways. Mm. And that applies to companies as much as it applies to individuals, Mm. right? A lot of our parents, right? A lot of our parents are, grew up doing one thing and they got good at it and nothing, there was not, there was not much change right in the generation, in the workplace and all that things were very stable, consistent, right? When we came into the picture, computer came into the picture, technology and all that things are changing literally overnight, Mm. right? So the amount of development they needed is not the same as the amount of development we we need. need. Mm. We live in completely different worlds. So if you're operating like you live in 1980, Mm. you're already behind the game, mm. right? So so to this person, I don't need, it's just a matter of time before they find out that, that you know, the excuses are not going to help them very much. Um, but for the sake of, you know, giving them an advice, get up and do something about it. Actually, maybe that explains why even, because a lot of the decision makers 
are people from that generation. Yeah. Maybe that explains why it's so easy for, you know, um, the top leadership within organizations who are most of them are either Generation X um, or going backwards, you know, the baby boomers. So I think maybe that's why they, to them, it's like, yeah, why? Why? Why are we spending this much on yes, training? Yes, yes. I've, um, actually, I've actually had clients, uh, you know, I've had clients who, who asked me that question. Mm. They asked me, Chris, why? Why should, I, why should I be training people? Why can't they just do their jobs? Right? <laughs> yeah. um, and honestly, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a little bit harder to answer a question to someone who's a, a, a generation uh, X or boomer. Um, because they they grew up in a very different um, world world in a very different context, right? So for them, development was not not nece- it was it, it was important, mm. but was it wasn't necessarily an issue. Another good example is that sometimes in that generation, growth was determined by how long you've been here, mm. right? And so you were here for three years, you qualify to become mm. a supervisor. You're here for five years, you qualify to become a manager. Mm. Blah blah blah. Today, you know, it's all performance based. Absolutely. You can be here for 10 years and still be a clerk. I remember my dad um, was complaining to me a while ago um, that, you know, he's been, at, he's been at the company a long time. You know, he's been in the game longer. Um, and then in comes in this young person who's his boss. Mm. And to him, that Doesn't made absolutely sense. no sense. Yeah. Like, how can this, what do they know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been here longer. I've been doing this longer than he has. But somehow they come in and, you know, they're my superior in the workplace. Yeah. But I think, like you're saying, you know, now the metric has changed. Before it was more time, but now yeah. you know, it's about skill. Yeah. And, you know, some people can develop a certain skill in a very short time compared to, you know, other people. So it's more, it's a skill game. It's value. Yeah. What value are you bringing to the table? And, you know, I guess, you know, skills, what you're good at is what's going to um, enhance your productivity and the value that you bring to the uh, organization. And that's what the employer is going to look at. Yeah. Because, Definitely. okay, you're bringing more value, then, of course, you know, uh, I'll reward you more than I reward the person who's not bringing as much value. Yeah. But, of course, to consistently bring value, you have to consistently develop and grow. Yeah. Um, so I really hope that, you know, our conversation has helped somebody out there really think differently about growth. I like the fact that uh, you said the problem is how we think. Mm. If you're thinking short term, then, of course, um training and development will be expendable. Mm. But if you're thinking long-term, then it will always be a core part of your business expense yeah. um, because, you know, your survival depends on people who are consistently growing. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I think that's, that's the general thing that I took from you is that, you know what, if you think long-term, then you will understand the value of people development. Yeah. Um, because like you're saying, you give an example of um, Amazon. Um, there's a podcast that I've been listening to where they talk about, you know, the war between Amazon and uh Walmart. Mm. And of course, they, they mentioned how, you know, Walmart were very backwards in their thinking, whereas Amazon, they were very forward thinking, you know, constantly mm. thinking of what's the next thing, what's the next technology and always yeah. looking, you know, oh, yeah. this company is good at this. Let's buy them out. You yeah. know, let's push their people, you know, so you have yeah. CEO of other companies coming and then working for a department within Amazon. So yeah. you, you see they're constantly forward yeah. thinking. They're constantly looking at the people who can add more value and bring more value and people who understand certain technologies better than others. So always forward thinking. So I like that long-term thinking uh, will basically open your eyes to see the value of training. But of course, if you think short-term, then it will always be expendable. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time. Um, I believe you've added a lot of value to our listeners. Um, And for those of you who are listening, um, if you want to reach Chris, Chris, can you maybe uh, share your... Uh, 
social media or website where people can access uh, you? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks, Ben. Um, again, it's been a wonderful, wonderful time uh, being here. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, so you can reach me uh, on my website. It's www.chrisrachel.com. Uh, but also on my social media, either on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, or Instagram. It's just at Chris Rachel. You can reach me there. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, and until next time, have a great day. This has been the Wildlead Others podcast brought to you by Wildlead Consultancy. Wildlead Consultancy is a capacity building firm that exists to build highly productive and innovative leaders. To reach us, go to www.wildleadothers.com.